Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back. Matthew LaCroix with us. Matthew, what do you think of the late Zechariah Sitchin's theories of the Anunnaki coming here from another planet to manipulate and genetically alter what was uh, humans at the time to create, you know, workers and uh, do their thing? I do feel that there is a lot of good information that, that can come from Zechariah Sitchin. But I think like all researchers, we should always be objective with, with that information and not simply just accept one researcher's perspective rather than ex- expanding out and looking at, at a lot of other areas as well. I think a lot of Zechariah Sitchin got a lot of things right. But he, you know, I think he also did get a few things missed, uh, that were missed translations. And a couple of those things are that um, I don't think that potentially those those beings have been portrayed like like some have thought. Um, I don't think that they came here for gold or anything like he like he talks about. I right. I think that they came here for energy. I think that they came here to try to find eternal life and to and to try to go beyond this physical existence that we have to exist in. And the reason I I think that is that when you actually go in and you and you read things like the Atrahasis, like we talked about before. There's this one phrase they talk about how um, Enki was supposed to create the human race because he was supposed to undo undo the chain to set them free, and that was what, why he was assigned a certain role that he was within our reality. That's what that's the way that I that that I interpret a lot of this stuff by actually reading these cuneiform tablets directly, not reading another researcher, but actually going and looking. And I think that's what everyone needs to do. And that's why I included so many of these ancient translations in the stage of time, because when people actually read these, when they read the Enuma Elish, they read the Adrahasis, they read the Legend of Atanya, they actually get to, to get a glimpse of this information directly. And I try to include always, of course, you've got to always find the most accurate translations. And I mentioned before how George Smith translated a lot of this in the 1800s. Well, later, his counterpart... Um, named Stephanie Daly is just she's an expert Assyriologist. It came out of Oxford University, and she does a fantastic to- uh, job taking George Smith's translations and then verifying them and updating them slightly. And when you get those two experts that look over these tablets, you really get and, and translate them correctly. You really get an understanding of well, who were these Anunnaki that they call themselves the Anuno? You know, who were they? Why did they come here? Why did they influence uh, the human race and then and end up the, have things end up the way that they are now? And why did they leave? What? And why did they leave? Yeah, it, it's, it seems that after those cataclysms occurred, there's, there was a total disconnect between what those ancient civilizations called the gods and how that all of a sudden became a disconnected here. And then human civilizations, after they later developed... Were, were, were tried to restart themselves and br- brought a lot of this wisdom back, but it just wasn't enough. And, and that's how we ended up in the place we are today, where we've largely lost most of the information that we were able to, that we had once long ago. And also, you have spent a lot of time in your last chapter talking about uh, a planetary system and a binary star system in the solar system. Tell me about that. Sure, sure. So that's, that's some pretty amazing work. Um, I'd like to try to think that I'm one of the ones that's on the front lines of that because I was um, made aware by another another researcher a, a long time ago that there exists 
a, an encyclopedia that actually portrays um, aspects of our outer solar system that have been very much hidden and suppressed from people knowing about them. When I started to do some digging, it wasn't just about learning about ancient history and about our past. It was about learning the secrets of our solar system and the universe as well. I wanted to understand what the nature of reality is and, and, and what defines this neighborhood we live in, this little solar system, this corner of the Milky Way on one of the spiral bands. And what I found, the more I started to dig, the more I started to look into some of the data in our outer solar system and some of the anomalies that have, that have been seen, you find that there exist aspects of our outer solar system that have been completely hidden from society. And what you find is that we may actually have a binary star that is, that is part of our outer solar system, as well as another planet. Now, this, this has been confused with the term Nibiru, but I don't believe they're actually one and the same. I think Nibiru might have been a mistranslation. The name that's been given for this planet was originally Planet X. Later, it was changed to Planet 9 based on the demotion of Pluto. Mm-hmm. So you're, you may ask yourself, like, where is any of this evidence, right? Like, where is any of this that makes any sense? Well, it's very important to understand that in 1983, NASA sent out a, a probe called Pioneer 10. And the goal of Pioneer 10, this probe, was to explore the outer solar system. And the only reason they did that was because they were finding these protrusions to the, to the orbits of our outer planets, Uranus and Neptune. They found that they're tilted on their axis, and something is disrupting them far out, and they wanted to find out what it was. And so they sent Pioneer 10 out in 1983, and, and they also sent another, another um, uh, probe called Pioneer 11. They both went different directions. Pioneer 11 didn't find anything, but Pioneer 10 found some of the most significant discoveries literally in human history, and people don't even know about them. <laughs> That's what's so amazing about it, and the reason you know that is go look up Pioneer 10 and go look in, into this incredible piece of information that is just starting to be known by people. It's called the 1987 New Illustrated Science in Encycl- Invention Encyclopedia, Volume 18. So this, what this is is... There's a, a volume of encyclopedias that comes out every year. And it was back before the Internet, these encyclopedias were the rule when it came to information. That's how you, that's how you looked things up. Oh, yeah, well, in absolutely. in they released this encyclopedia that covered all aspects of everything. But one part that it covered was about the solar system. And on page 2,488, they included information about what Pioneer 10 found. Now, if you go look in other places, you won't find anything. It's like, it's like all the information about what Pioneer found just disappeared, except from, one, from a few of these places. And one of these places was, when you look up that page, you see a picture of the Pioneer Probe 10, and you see the trajectory that it took. And I quote, it says, and this is all it says. This is literally the only thing it says in the caption. But there's a photo that goes with it, and I'll describe the photo really quick in a second. It says, Pioneer 10 became the first craft to pass into interstellar space in 1983. The diagram shows the path of the two Pioneer probes. And again, it, it says nothing about any of, of what the Pioneer probes found, which is so peculiar if you right. think about it. So in the picture, it, what it shows is it shows all of a sudden that there is this star that it calls, it calls, the, it calls the tenth planet, because at the time Pluto was a planet. And it says that this tenth planet is found five billion miles away. And, th- and this is in 1983. Five billion miles away from Earth, 
but it also finds, and this is what's amazing, even beyond a planet, it finds what it calls a dead star. It clearly states that. It shows it right beyond it. But it says this dead star is 50 billion miles from Earth. And that's why no one can see it and really have and understand its influences because we have this hidden a struggle between our sun with this lost binary twin that exists far out in what's known as our outer solar system. And this is beyond what's called the Kuiper Belt. And the Kuiper Belt is this discovery that was only made in the, 19, in the 1990s, where they found that beyond Neptune and uh, Uranus, there's this massive asteroid field and comet field that dwarfs the one that's between Mars and Jupiter by a significant amount, so large, in fact, that it actually encompasses our inner solar system. But outside of that Kuiper Belt, that's where Pioneer 10 probe found these two anomalous objects. And those two objects are what is both influencing asteroids and comets within the Kuiper Belt and some of these torrid meteor showers, as well as potentially influencing our sun. And is that why we're going through these cycles of destruction? Are they... Is, are these two bodies somehow disturb, disturbing the sun and, cause, and, and is part of why it's going through these cycles? Perhaps. We don't know. But what we do know is that this, this lost binary sun, which, it, this information would completely change our understanding of our solar system. And it, it's, people don't want to accept the idea of a conspiracy theory or something that's being covered up. But plain and simple, right. this is being covered up. It's right in the encyclopedia. It shows the image of all of these discoveries and yet it mentions nothing about them are you convinced are you convinced though matthew that we are headed for another uh, calamity well i don't want to alarm people i'm not a fear-based person um and i want to state that right away i do think that there's a lot of different circumstances right now than back then back then when these megalithic civilizations were around you know building incredible structures like in Baalbek, lebanon where you have the trilithon block that's over a thousand tons. You know, the, the sophistication of these civilizations is beyond our comprehension now. But when you look at those, those cataclysms that destroyed those civilizations and how sophisticated they were, it makes you really concerned about now, especially when you think about how we're in these cycles, and we're in yet again one of those cycles. However, like I said, during that time period, they had a massive ice age where the Laurentide ice sheet in North, North, America, North America reached depths of over one to two miles deep. And that was one of the reasons why the biblical flood was talked about and how there was a deluge. And you've got to remember, these civilizations built along the coast all around the world. When the ice age rapidly melted, it raised sea levels 400 feet globally, flooding all of these ancient cities around the world. And that's why you can... When you dive down off of Egypt and off of places off of India, you can find these civilizations, and their ru- the ruins are still there. There's, in fact, I just want to throw a really quick thing out there. Some pilots actually noticed, and they made, no- made notice and mentioned that during the tsunami that killed so many people in Southeast yeah, Asia. Yeah, a couple hundred thousand. The, yeah, it was, was a horrible disaster. But one of the things that people don't know is before a tsunami, the ocean will actually recede quite yeah, It goes way back out. That's way right. back, right? Because it has to pull its energy back to form that if wave. If you see that happening, it, head for the hills. That's right. That, and the animals are always the first to go inland and the birds, so follow them if they, if they do that. They know. Well, anyway, so what happened was when the ocean receded off of India during this time period, they saw ancient civilization structures underwater that had 
that it can be seen as this ocean receded, and then as it came in, they disappeared again. And you find that those underwater structures are all around the world. And they're there because this destruction occurred in our past. Now, like I said, the reason I'm saying that is we don't have an ice age anymore. We don't have all that water that could flood like before. We do have some ice caps, and they could raise sea level, but nothing like we saw back in the day. That's one factor. Two, the second thing is we have technology that they did not have back then. We have, and I know one of the things that it's very, it's a, it's a subject that people don't like to talk about is the idea, well, why are they spraying these, these reflective particles into our sky? Mm-hmm. You know, are those chemtrails or are those actually something else? What do and, you think? And I think that the evidence is very clear when you go look. There have been complete um, breakdowns of this by, you know, the FBI in, in hearings in Congress. They talk all about it. They, they actually call it an SEI program, Stratospheric Aerosol Injections. And it's, it's uh, yet another one of these conspiracies that people get lumped together and they think they can't believe in just because they get labeled. But look, it's happening all around us. And the fact is, they're not contrails. And what they are is, it's a global initiative to secretly not alarm the public by spraying ref- highly reflective particles of the upper atmosphere, aluminum and barium, so that you can reflect incoming solar radiation. Because the idea is, if they can reflect enough of it over time, they will not have a weakening of the electromagnetic grid around our Earth, and we will not have one of these pole shift disasters that, that happened to our last civilization. So when people think, well, the way you can learn about the past and, and to not repeat it is to study well, that's exactly what they did. Do you think, Matthew, that this information that we've been talking about tonight has been suppressed and covered up? I do. I, th- I think it's it's significant suppression, and I and again, it's we can't we can't label people conspiracy theorists anymore. A lot of information is things in the past that we've been told are not exactly the way it is, and and it is largely based on a very deceptive model that's occurred for a very long time, as you know, George. And there's been a certain doctrine that's been taught to society about, about how old human civilizations are. Okay, they we're told they're 6,000 years old. And then everything that we've been achieved came from us. And then we slowly got to the point where we are now from only 6,000 years of accumulated history. And that represents everything. And there's nothing else, right? That's the whole story. Whereas all of these ancient writings that have been suppressed and then burned down, destroyed, like... The, the Library of Alexandria contained literally the wisdom of Atlantis. That's what the Library of Alexandria was. It was the wisdom that had been accumulated from the ancient Egyptian societies and those around the world that was held there. Well, the Roman Empire came in and burned the whole thing down and destroyed it. And then before that, like I mentioned, the Ashurbanipal Library containing all these tablets, these conquering armies came in and they destroyed and, and de- destroyed the entire area and burned everything to the ground and destroyed it. We see this repeated cycle over and over again of information being destroyed or suppressed and and held back. I want to bring up another, just a quick point. When the Spanish conquered the Americas with the civilizations of the Americas, which were, in my opinion, this attempt to restart Atlantis. And you know that when you go to places like Tula, Mexico, with these giant statues that are known as the Atlantean warriors. In, in the Aztec capital there. Um, and so we find these lost civilizations in the Americas. When the Spanish came there, they conquered the region. They stole all of these ancient writings and artifacts. And to this day, most of those ancient artifacts and, and writings are held underground in what's in the place called the Vatican Archives. And, and that same location, Hidden away. where a lot of these other ancient writings are as well, because they go against this biblical 
Darwinian version of doctrine of reality that we've been given, which is very, very um, antiquated and inaccurate. Are they petrified that this information can't get out? They are. They're, they're incredibly scared because, like I said, we have this entire status quo that's being, that's, being, that's being created here, right? People have this identity of, oh, well, th- this is who I am. These are my origins of, of where I came from. This is what defines me. And based on what defines our reality here in our existence, it helps to shape what we're going to do and what we decide to do in our lives. The, what, I'm, what I mean by that is, if people were able to actually read what these tablets state about the incredible human origins and in, in that we're not just some evolved intelligent ape, but we're really just, we're actually like a being from the stars. We're a being that is far beyond the animal kingdom and that we have a lot of these special traits that have been lost largely within us. And that over time, our entire perspective of, of, of us, what makes us who we are in consciousness in, in the secrets of the past have been so covered up that people have this very antiquated and accurate perspective of, of, of who they are. You know, that they think they're just some person that's like a, an organic ape that's walking around consuming and just accumulating wealth and then dying and then it doesn't really matter anything that they do. Their actions don't matter, whereas everything that we do matter. We're all part of this collective society who is all trying to move to the next stage of our conscious evolution. And unless we can actually define what the human experience is and allow the truth about the past to come out, we're not going to really, really be able to move ahead. We're going to just stay stuck in this really antiquated mentality that, that has been held back and protected for so long. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.